Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. Morning, good morning. How are you? How's things going? Just so you know that this is uh, second to the last in the series, Time is Running Out. We are in Revelations chapter 20. It's called The Great White Throne. Woo! Okay, so as we jump in, I want you to just try to just like imagine something for me. It's, like, it's kind of something to get in your head to try to understand where I'm going. And so I want to tell you a little bit of a kind of an imaginary story. I want you to imagine that in, the, in, in our city that all of a sudden there is this, uh, this serial killer. There is this, this, this child killer. He goes around and he's, he's you know, he's, He's uh, killing innocent kids and he's, he's going into the homes and he's robbing the homes and he's taking all the money and everything. Uh, he gets access to people's accounts and he, he steals the money out of their account and stuff. And so the city, the whole city is basically in panic and they're afraid. And so they're, they're in their homes and they don't want to let their kids out and stuff and they're afraid to kind of go outside because they never know what's going to happen because the police, and everyone is looking for this, uh, this man. And after, like, you know, weeks go by, and finally, the police find the man. They find the, the killer. They find the thief. They know who he is. And I'm sure, you know, it's in the news. And when it gets in the news, of course, everybody rejoices. Everybody kind of, like, can relax now and feel more comfortable about being in their city. And then... There's the court trial. Of course, there's a court case. And during that trial, uh, you know, the, the, there's witnesses brought in and all the evidence is absolute. It is this guy. They have transactions. They have photos of the guy. They have all, they have fingerprints. They have everything they need to convict the man, right? Now, during the trial, that man shows no remorse. He shows no signs of forgiveness he, he, even sometimes he laughs during the trial. He never shows anything, right? So, okay. Then the day comes. The day comes where the judge is ready to sentence the man, okay? And, and of course, all the reporters are there and the people are all ready. They're all excited about, you know, what, what's going to happen. They're all looking forward to it. The victims, the uh, parents, they're there. They're looking for, you know, they're looking for the sentencing, and the judge gets up on the, on the thing and says, well, we talked uh, to the, the officials, the government officials and all the leaders of the city and, and, and the judge. And, you know, we've just decided to set the guy free. We're just going to set him free. We decided, you know, ah, we're just going to forgive him and set him free. How do you think the city would feel? How would you feel if that was your city, if that was your um, what, maybe even one, you were part of it, you were a victim, a, a part of this whole thing. How would you feel? I think everyone would say, that's wrong. That's the wrong thing. That is not what's supposed to happen. Where is the justice? People would cry out. Now, you know what's very interesting about that story is there, there, there are some people, and sometimes even us, that's how we want God to be. 
We want a God who is a forgiving God, who, you know, just lets everything go. And at the end of everybody's life, he, he just takes, you know, no matter what happened, no matter who they were, he just takes them in his arms and he just says, you're forgiven. And he, he just lets them into heaven. Because we say, God is a loving God. And, and, you know, he will take everybody and, and, and anyone. And it won't really matter what you do here in this earth. It's just the way God is. The problem is there's, it's not who God is and it's really not the way it all works. Just like in that story, you would not, you would, you would scream. You would be so mad at the governors. You would be so mad at the, uh, at the judge for that sentence for a crime. And like, he never even gave the money back. Nothing. He just was let go free. And so we have a problem here. And so what I want to do before we get into Revelation chapter 20 is I kind of want to just share a few things about God, the essence of God, the, the nature of God, so that we can better understand this idea of the great white throne. Okay? Uh, I just want to share like four things about God. First, we, God is a loving God. God, the Bible says that God is love. First John 4 says, dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is like the child of God who knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love. God is love. You just can't get around it. You, anybody who thinks that God is not a God of love, it's who he is. It's his nature. Second thing is that God is good. We know that God is good. It says it in Exodus chapter uh, 34. It says, the Lord, the Lord God is merciful and gracious, long-suffering, uh, abounding in goodness and truth. God is good. God is love. Yes, Amen. You, there's no part of that that's not true. But that's not all he is. Bible says that God is holy. Bible says that God is holy. Uh, uh, Isaiah 43, 15 says, I am, I am the Lord, your holy one, the creator of Israel. I am holy, it says in 1 uh, Peter. He says that he is holy. A holy God. That means a God without sin, perfection. He is just as pure as the, as the given snow and nothing impure can come into his presence. He's not only holy. He's not only good. He's not only uh, loving. He is also righteous and he is a just God. Now, I only pulled out one scripture for every one of these. I could pull out... Dozens and dozens of scripture that uh, talk about the essence of who God is. Uh, uh, Psalm 119, 137 says, Righteous are you, O God, and you're, you are upright and your judgments are just. The rock, he says in Deuteronomy 32, he says, his work is perfect. All his ways are just. God is a God of faithfulness and without, without injustice. He is a just God. He is a righteous God. He is upright. So he's love. He's good. He's righteous. He's just. 
and he's holy. He's all of these things. And like that is his essence. It's not like part of him. It's not a department up in heaven. It is actually in his very being. And I want you to remember this story because if God was the judge, he couldn't have done that. No, he couldn't have done it that way because he knows all his judgments are just. And so it's important that we get this in our mind as we begin to look at the great white throne, uh, which some would say the great white throne of judgment. Okay? Because God doesn't, I want to read this exactly. God doesn't put aside one part of his nature to display another. God doesn't put aside his love to display his justice, nor does he put aside his justice to display his love. He doesn't do that. It's, it's actually impossible for him. God is perfect in his being. He's perfect in justice. He's perfect in love. He's perfect in kindness. He's perfect in goodness. He's perfect in righteousness and holiness. He's perfect in all of these things. And so it, to me, when I see that, when I understand this, as I meditate this on this, what I see is actually the absolute beauty of who God is and what he did to maintain his essence, his nature, and still bring us into his heavens. It's amazing what he has done. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says, in chapter 2, it says in verse 4, it says, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much. Okay, so he's got all this love that even though we were dead in our sins under the penalty of death, he died for us. See, so he had to do both things to fulfill who he is. We can't get around that. It says in Romans chapter five, verse six, it says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came just at the right time and died for us sinners. Notice it says Christ came and died. He, it doesn't say Christ came and forgave. Because he couldn't forgive yet because his essence was justice. He came and died. But God showed his great love for us by sending his son to die while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right with God in God's sight by his blood, he will surely save us from the judgment to come or from condemnation. So see, he has to do several things in order to maintain who he is. We do not serve a God who is unjust. We do not love a God who is not righteous. We do not love a God whose judgments are unjust or unfair. No, we serve a God who is completely just, who is completely righteous, and is completely loving and kind all in the same being. Oh, it's so important that you catch this and you understand this because you remember the title of our message. Time is running out. Time is running out. And as we looked in the book of Revelations, as we walked through the book of Revelations, we saw at the beginning, it was a revelation of Revelation of who Jesus is. This is the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, the, judgment, the, white, uh, the great white throne of judgment actually displays who God is. 
You might not like it, but it explains who he is. And we get a revelation of Jesus Christ. We get a revelation of his greatness, his goodness, his power, his awesomeness. And then we saw in chapters two and three how he was saying, listen, time is running out. You must remain faithful. He who overcomes, I will not blot your name out of the book of life, it says. And so we saw this. And then in, in chapter four, how, how we were in, how it was in heaven and how we began to worship and having a heavenly perspective. And, and then we didn't really cover this because I, there was a reason for it. Actually, God didn't, God showed me, he said, don't, don't share those verses, those, those chapters. So I didn't. But in chapter six through chapter 18, we see the great wars and the great, the wrath, uh, the wrath of God coming out on the world and, and this big fight. And this fight is to win souls. Trust me, it is to win souls. And then last week we looked at the great battle. The great battle in chapters nine, in chapter nineteen, where where the, the the armies of heaven followed the, the Jesus on the great on the white horse, and he came down and he wiped out evil. Hallelujah! He wiped out evil. And then in chapter twenty, we begin to read, and this is the message. In verse eleven, it says. In Revelations 20, verse 11, And then I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it. The earth and heaven fled from its presence, but they, and, they were, and they found no place to hide. And I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before the throne. And the books were open, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. And the sea gave up the dead, and the dead, uh, and, and death and the grave came up, uh, gave up their dead, and all were judged according to their deeds. And then, the, and then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake is a, is a uh, excuse me, this lake of fire is the second death, and anyone whose name is not recorded or found in the book of life was also thrown into that lake. Now, I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, I want to be honest with you if you're out there. Uh, we, 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 we have to look at this. I'm telling you right now, the lake of fire, the, the, the place that they're talking about, the second death, was never, ever created by God for man. Was never created for man. He never wanted, he, he is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to eternal life of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He wants everybody. He gives everybody a chance. He, over and over again, waits patiently for people to come to know him. But in this passage, we see some things that are finally happening where time is no more. Time is done away with. This is it. This is the end of time right now. There will be no more time. Time has now run out. And in this passage, we see kind of two sets of books. We see a, a, a book of deeds. And, and this book put in all the deeds and recorded everything that you and I have done. It records everything that is done, every thought, every action. And then we see a book of life and there are names written in the book. Now, this is not something new. When, when John wrote this and, and, and those... During that time, anybody who knew uh, the writings in, of Daniel in the Old Testament and other places would have known 
that these, this is not a surprise. This is not like, oh no, what are these books? These were talked about. Daniel chapter seven talks about, it says, as I look, thrones were set in place and the ancient of days took his seat. His clothes were white as, as snow and his hair was as white as wool. When have we heard that? Chapter one of, uh, of Revelation. His throne was flaming with fire and the wheels were all ablaze and the river of fire was flowing out from, uh, 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 coming out from before him and thousands upon thousands attended him and 10,000 upon 10,000 10, stood before him. The court was seated and the books were open. These books have been talked about in several places throughout the Bible. In the book of Deeds, I, I'm just going to mention them. Uh, uh, Isaiah 63, Psalm 56, Psalm 139, uh, Malachi 3.16, and Daniel 7 and other places. These book of Deeds that record the works and the things that people have done on earth, this has been talked about. This is not new. And then... The book of life is the other book or set of books. Let's say it that way. And it says the book of life. And Jesus actually even talked about it in Luke chapter 10, verse 20. He says, however, he was talking to the disciples who were having like, they, they were seeing demons flee. He said, he, they said, he said, however, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your name is written in heaven. And we see in Revelation chapter 3 where it says your name will not be blotted out by the uh, it will not be erased from the book of life. It's it's several places and so these two books uh, are are the scene. Now honestly there's very little symbology in this place. I know everybody, uh, uh, next week we're going to play a little game. Next week in the closing uh, time of our, of our series, uh, stay tuned for that. But, you know, throughout the, the, the Revelation, you know, people debate about the different symbols and meanings of things. Well, there is no other meaning here. It is a judgment, a time of judgment for people. And, and so... The thing is, is I want to just ask you a question. The question, or, 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 or talk about this. People, this, the question is, is not, it's not, will we be judged? That's not the question. The question is that, that question is answered. It's very clear that we will be judged. You know what's interesting is many other religions actually believe the same thing. That in the end, after we die, uh, we'll be one of them says we'll be reincarnated if, if we don't live a certain way. We'll, we'll go to a lower, less life. And others will say, you know, we, we, you, you, you go to hell and you won't, you won't be in heaven. And there's, there's other religions. We are not alone in believing after you die or at the coming of Christ, you will face judgment. It's true. It's, it's certain. It's clear. You can't get around it. But the question is not will I be judged. That's not the question. And not that the, it, it will be just. I can tell you right now, the judgment will be just. But that is not the question. The question is, what book do you want to be judged from? Or how do you want to be judged? From what book do you want to be judged? That's the question. Which book? 
You know, it, it, it's important to know this. Now, I want you to be, I want to be clear that no matter what book, whether it's the book of life or the book of deeds, the same standard of judgment will be, will be held up, will be upheld. The same standard, God will use the same standard for everyone. Christian, unbeliever, it doesn't matter. The same standard will be used for everyone. Let me tell you what that standard is. It's very simple. That standard is God's holiness and perfection. As it says in Leviticus, be holy for I am holy. First Peter says that as well. He says that, you know, you should live holy as he does. And so we see that the same standard that is no matter who, whatever book you're, you're going to be judged for, that same standard is going to be used. It's the holiness and righteousness of God. Revelations 19, 12 says, I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne, and the books were open. Sorry, that's chapter 20. Including the book of life, and the dead were judged according to what they have done. Now, I want to talk about how God judges you. Okay? It says here, if you want to be judged, if you say, hey, you know what? Uh, I want to be judged uh, by my deeds. I want to be judged by my needs. I, I want to be judged from the book of, of deeds. So God's perfection will be weighed against who you are. God's holiness will be weighed against your holiness. God's perfect thoughts will be weighed against your thoughts. Every, in, every intention and attitude will be weighed against God's intention and attitude. And in, Revelation, in, in Romans chapter 3, Paul is very clear. He says, as the scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. There's no one righteous, not even one. <laughs> in, Reve in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says, for everyone has sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says, for the wages of sin is death. And so, I've asked people this question. It's been asked, I ask people all the time this question, and, and this is sometimes what I'll get. I say, do you think you're going to heaven? And they'll kind of look down and they'll think about it for a second and they'll look up and they say, well, if I'm good enough, See, they want to be judged or they're, they're, they're thinking they're going to be judged by the book of deeds. The problem is, no one's good enough. No one's good enough. No one who decides that they want to be judged by the book of deeds, no one will pass the standard of God's holiness, righteousness, and perfection. It is a very simple truth. I, I, all I have to do is look in the mirror to realize that there is no way that I could ever reach perfection. As a matter of fact, by the time I realize that I think I want to re uh, reach perfection, I'm already imperfect. It's too late. I can't even get there by the time I realize it. No one can live to that standard. And so 
If you want to be judged by the book of deeds, yeah, there's trouble. Now, some people think that the book of life is a get-out-of-jail-free card. Well, it is, but I want to explain it a little bit. I want to explain this to you because some people will say, you know, oh, great, my name is in the book of life. Do you know it was quite costly for your name to be written in the book of life? Because you will be judged by God's standard. And God says anyone who sins, the wages of sin is, is death. But the gift of God, it is a gift from God, is eternal life through Jesus Christ. How do you get your name written in the book of life? Well, we simply receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That is true. But I want to tell you how God achieves, achieves his justice and still can put your name there. He looked down at you and me and he said, there's no way they're perfect. Let me tell you the story this way. Let's say there was a king. King was righteous and true and must stick to what he says he does. The king has a son. And then that, that son, you know, he loves his son, of course. And that son has a friend. And they become best friends. And so these guys always play together. They're hanging out together. They are best friends. And one day the, the father, the king says, anyone who steals must die, must be put to death. And one day, the son's friend is caught stealing. He's caught stealing. And the father says he must be put to death. The son is devastated. That's his best friend. He loves him completely. And he goes to his dad. He goes, Dad, you just got to let him go. Come on. You know who I am. You got to let him go because I know him. Just forgive him. No one's going to say anything. You're the king. Because I know God, I know Father, you're a loving Father. I know you love people. So just let him go. Just forgive. No one's going to say anything. And he says to his son, I won't be just if I do that. If I do that, my kingdom will no longer stand in justice. So he must die. The son spends days weeping and finally he says to his dad, you know what, Dad? I love my friends so much. And I love who you are and I don't want your kingdom to be unjust. So I will die so my friend can go free. I will pay the price. I will pay the price of death so that my friend can be set free and you can still be just. This is how your name is written in the book of life. And when I think of it this way, this is why I fall in love with Jesus. That's why I say, Jesus, I want you. I want you completely because what you did for me is you put my name in the book of life. You died for me so that I don't have to be judged in the book of deeds. I can be judged by the book of life. And so I, you, God can still be just, but I can be free. And I can go to heaven because of what you did, Jesus. I fall in love with him. And as I talk to him even today, as I, as I see that, that Jesus lived and, and my name is in the book of life, 
Jesus says, now I want you to live like me on this earth. I want you to die for others. I want you to serve others. I want you to live like me. I want to live like him. And that's why I want to be judged by the book of life, not by the book of deeds. How about you? Do you know if your name is written in the book of life? Because do you want to take that chance on the day of judgment? When you face the perfect, loving, just, righteous God who has tears in his eyes because he wants you to come in? Is your name written in the book of life? You see, Jesus spoke about this day. He used a parable and he said, when I, when, 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 when I come back, he said, when we come back, we're going we're gonna to take the goats and we're going to put them on our, right, on, our, on our left side. And we're going to take the sheep and we're going to put them on our, our right side. And he, and he said, I'm going to turn to the goats and I'm going to say, you know, be gone with you. Those are the ones who are judged by the book of deeds. And he's going to say to the sheep, he's going to say, today is a great day of rejoicing. As a matter of fact, Isaiah talks about this. He says, it's going to be a great day of rejoicing and a great day of tears. And I believe on that day, on that one day, I do believe on that one day, my Savior Jesus will not be rejoicing. He will be weeping because time is up and he will look at them and he was, I gave you every opportunity to receive me, to follow me, to fall in love with me. And you continued and chose not to. And time has now run out. Today, when you hear his voice, when you hear him calling and saying, I want you, I want you to receive my gift of eternal life so that you can be on my right side, so that we can rejoice together in eternity, so that we can have a banquet feast. Today, when you hear that voice, bow your heads and ask the Lord into your heart. Tell Jesus you love him. Tell him you want to follow him. Become a follower of Christ. This is what God desires before it's too late, before time runs out. Let us pray. And if this is you and you're not sure your name is in the book of life, I want you to pray with me. And if your name is in the book of life, I know you'll pray with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for what you did. I thank you, God, that you didn't set aside your justice to show us your love. I, I, I'm so glad, Lord God, that you're not in pieces, but Lord God, you are your essence is so amazing and beautiful. Father, I thank you for sending Jesus. And Lord God, I have asked him into my heart many times. And I say again, Lord, I want to follow you. Lord, I know that my name is in the book of life. But again, Lord God, I say just write it again if that's what it takes. Father, I thank you for forgiving of my sins. I thank you for dying and rising again. And Lord God, I believe in you that Lord God, when I die, I will be with you in paradise. Help me to walk like you. Help me to be like you today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you did that, 
Trust me, if you did that, you need to tell someone, DM me, put it in the chat box. Let people know that you are now a follower of Jesus Christ and your name is in the book of life. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.